0: What's going on? As I'm doing my best Lucas impersonation, welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellows Podcast. I'm hosting today. Not really. Oh. I'm doing it really just because there's a special introduction that needs to happen for this episode because someone is back, okay? And it, it is not just somebody. It is... It, it, it's... It The world-renowned TikTok-creating aficionado. Because people are now stealing our content because of Cam's ideas. Just saying. Just saying. I did give it away just there. Let's take a minute and just welcome back Cameron to the podcast. Round of applause. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It
1: has been too long, let me tell you
0: too long too long indeed it is so good to have you back so good to have you the listener back but Cameron how's it going man the people need to hear how you've been doing what's new in your world because I if I'm not mistaken there was something pretty big that happened pretty recently for you
1: yeah it's been uh it's been a long couple weeks um two three weeks ago now went on a family vacation with my wife's family so I was out then and then we were preparing for a cross-country move to Florida the next two weeks. That's where I was. And then this last week, last a week ago now on Wednesday, we started our two-day trek from Minnesota to Florida, driving down. We went 14, or it was supposed to be only 13 miles the first day, um, 10.30, getting to Nashville, big accident, hour and a half and standstill traffic. Second we pull into Nashville, AC goes out. No (laughs) AC. 83 and humid. Been in the car for 13 and a half hours. Just brutal. Um, We get in the car the next day. We drive all the way to Florida. Um, We get to our apartment. Start putting stuff in. We unload our entire U-Haul. We're walking around it. We realize that this place is not livable. And so the next day we are on the phone because we... You know, had a whole mix up, got out of that lease. Luckily, repacked our entire U-Haul, toured another apartment, loved it, moved all the way back to, or moved to my parents. We were 30 minutes away. Stayed there for three days. Got this apartment, have been unpacking, um, finally coming together. Finally got my setup. It's nice to
0: yeah. have a
1: consistent area. We got our new mics, our new um, booms. I mean, it is incredible now. <laughs> You know, so it was a rough couple of weeks, but now I'm excited. I'm ready to talk football. Football's only a couple weeks away. We're getting pumped. It's all in the past. It, I'm ready to go, Ty.
0: Yeah, we're we're even planning out a couple business retreats too, and business uh, opportunity you know trips and mm-hmm. stuff. So things up, are write-offs yeah it's just you know just you know celebrate the uh the year that was the fantasy football fellas I, yes. I bet people would understand that a little bit Oh no, no,
1: 131 thousand on tiktok <laughs> we're up we're up 100k in four months we gotta celebrate a little bit
0: <laughs> we're not tooting our own horn over here but just saying we do kind of have you know we do have some credibility okay no that's joke. geez so um but, yeah, like I said, uh, Cameron's back. It's me, Ty, on the other side over still in uh, the wonderful state of Minnesota as I'm going to try to guilt trip Cam into moving back to Minnesota because, seriously, go oh, A don't...
1: couple years and we'll <laughs> be back. A couple years.
0: <laughs> I mean, look, there will be frequent visits. Of course. On business course. Oppor- on business trips. We'll call it business trips.
1: Of course, of course.
0: Um, but, yeah, I mean... There's really not much else that needs to be said before we get into today's topic. Maybe, maybe what I should do, as I learned from Lucas in our last episode, let's read off our social handles here real quick. Not Ooh, not just for are. the fellas, but for our personals because you know what, we need to, we need to kind of start growing the uh, the individual pages just a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. All right, so we'll start off with this fellow's socials. Uh, obviously, TikTok, as we mentioned before, Fantasy Football Fellas, not hard to find us. Uh, over on Twitter, we are at F-F-F-Ellas. That is Three Fs, Ellas. There you go. <laughs> Instagram, the F-F-F fellas, And then over on YouTube, just search Fantasy Football Fellas. We'll show up. Just beautiful. Anywhere you go, just look for the triple Fs. That's all you got to do. Right, right? Now, for the personals, over on Twitter, Tyler underscore Platt is mine. Cameron, yours is Cam Law. 317. 317. Oh, i halfway there. I was halfway there. And then Lucas is Lucas, let's see, underscore Wenzel,
1: I think. I think it's just Lucas Wenzel.
0: Oh, it is Lucas Wenzel. You're right. You right.
1: Lucas, one of the two.
0: Mm, well, just search Lucas Wenzel, and you'll find him.
1: <laughs> Speaking <laughs> when, of Lucas, did Lucas drop his news on the last podcast episode?
0: I don't think so, because he is quite the humble person. So,
1: Well, we're going to drop it for him and do it right. Um, <laughs> Lucas is gone today. He is at a work thing. Um, but Lucas has recently partnered with Fantasy Pros to Woo! be a TikTok creator for them. Uh, you can find him posting a couple times a week over on their page. He's not leaving us. We are still <laughs> the priority, but man, he is, he is going places. We love to see it. We love the brand to be spread all over. Uh, so next time you see Lucas or next time you're commenting on something, congratulate him, let him know, Hey man, great work. Cause he deserves it. All right. That's enough.
0: He's not even here to accept it. So what's the point?
1: I mean, he can't beat me in fantasy, but he might be able to make better videos. Maybe. Oh,
0: just saying. Boy. Just saying just oh saying. boy, I we're not going down that <laughs> rabbit hole, not tonight, not tonight. Coming out fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's off for what three weeks, and now he has to get his shots in because we oh, just yeah. took unnecessary shots at you while yes. you were gone. <laughs> <Of course. laughs>
1: Alrighty. Well, should we jump in the news and notes?
0: Really, I mean nor I, I I'll say this real quick. We don't normally do these on the second episode in the same week, but there's just one very big piece of news that we do have to mention in this episode
1: for sure. And that is the Deshaun Watson suspension was moved to 11 games and a $5 million fine. This was agreed on by the NFL and NFLPA. Um, Watson technically could still sue the NFL. Um, but even if he did, it would not really go anywhere. Um, So we aren't going to get into all the logistics of what this means or whether we think he should have more games or less games, but we'll talk about it from a fantasy perspective. Obviously, um, Deshaun Watson, if you're in a single QB league, probably even double QB league, just any redraft in general, you should not be drafting him. 11 weeks is just too long to hold on to a guy who's like, he's not going to play the first 11 weeks, first 12 weeks of the season because of a bye. Um, But Ty, I do want to ask you Looking at the running backs Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt How how do you think it affects their stock With Sean Watson being suspended? I think
0: I think it really kind of Helps out Kareem Hunt more than it does Nick Chubb Um, And we, we all know that Kareem Hunt Has a trade request In with the front office there in Cleveland So he may not even be there at the beginning of the season But Um, no, I think the biggest takeaway is that this team is now one dimensional again, right? Or this offense is one dimensional and it's the run game. So, I mean, Nick Chubb has proved in the past that it doesn't really matter how many people you put in the box, he will still be a good runner. Um, but it doesn't really help him out in any kind of way. And when you are, or when you're already, you know, not really involved in the passing game. It, it's kind of like a double whammy in some ways. So I'm not going to say trend down on Nick Chubb. I'm not going to say trend up on Nick on, on, Kareem hunt, but if Kareem hunt stays in Cleveland, he may be the better value for a Cleveland running back. And I know I don't really make hot takes in non-divisional breakdown episodes, but I, I, I might say that Kareem hunt's the better value right now in drafts. So
1: I, I would definitely agree with better value. Um, they, they might finish pretty close. I think Nick Chubb will still get the yards. The only thing that I could see going down is touchdowns, just because they won't have as many mm-hmm. touchdown opportunities as they would with Deshaun Watson. Um, obviously, Amari Cooper is trending downward. Um, you go from what could have been Deshaun Watson to Jacoby Brissett. Um, any wide receiver, that's going to be a uh, downward trend. David Njoku, I was looking at... Um, Friend of the pod, Alex Caruso, was putting out some stats on Twitter, um, just showing how Jacoby Brissett does like to target the tight end. That's mm-hmm. that's something that he's done in the past. So while I don't think that it's like Najoku is all of a sudden like one of my favorite tight ends, I think he's pretty much just stays the same. He's not trending like kind of like we were saying about the running back. Not trending up, not trending down. Um, all right, let me ask you: Is there anybody else on this offense that you would take a chance on in fan in fantasy football this season, knowing? That Deshaun's gonna be out 12, eleven weeks, or just Desha- that kind of killed any other options in Cleveland.
0: I think you really, I think it really did kind of kill off any other options. I mean, you look at guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones, a uh, toss up between like Anthony Schwartz and David Bell. They would have only had relevancy or at least notability because of Deshaun Watson, and now that Watson's out for half the year, I it really is now just a four-man show, maybe. Four? Yeah, four. With Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Amari Cooper, David Njoku. It's just yep.
1: those four players, no one else. For sure. Um, Yeah, so that pretty much does it for entire news and notes. It was just Cleveland Browns-based. Um Interesting that the first game that Deshaun Watson does have back is uh, against the Texans. So, you know, if he looks like we know how he can play, they should blow them out. If he looks like he did in the preseason... It might be a pretty close game. So
0: <laughs> I was I was going to say though, I mean he 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 gets suspended for half of this year. He didn't play at all last year. That game against Houston is going to be the first time that he has played in a like meaningful football game in a year and a half. So that also doesn't really bode a whole that doesn't, you know, bode well for anyone that's thinking about taking Deshaun Watson in fantasy at
1: all this year, really. For sure. All right, Ty, I'm going to leave it up to you cuz we're going to transition to breaking down our top 20 fantasy wide receivers. Do you want to go 20 to 1 or are you feeling 1 to 20 cuz we can go either way.
0: I think I think we go 1 to Oh. I think we go 20 to 1 and I know I I bet people can probably guess who majority of the, like the top 5 receivers are that we have, but but like, there's a lot more to talk about from 20 to like six than there is five to one, if that makes sense. Yes,
1: hundred percent, hundred percent.
0: So we go, let's, let's go 20 to one.
1: All righty. So our doc has actually changed. Um, earlier we had that 20 was Mr. Terry McLaurin, but now we have Deontay Johnson and I can't say I hate it. I think they're both right around that range. So we'll, we'll talk about Deontay. We can, we can talk about Terry more in a different episode um but deandre johnson finished his wide receiver eight last season um with big ben he was a wide receiver 19 in weeks one through six and for the rest over the rest of the season he was a wide receiver six and the funny part about that is that in the beginning half of the season he actually averaged more points he was averaging 18.4 points to start the season it was a wide receiver 19 um and averaging 16.6 um to end the season but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but he did miss a game. He missed two. a game, he did, he missed okay. one game. All right, so that was that was big. He was second in targets last year, really big benefactor for Big Ben. Um, Lucas has him the wide receiver 18, Tyra in the middle of us at wide receiver 21, and I'm at wide receiver 25. Let me ask you, what is the ceiling for Deontay Johnson? Because we know he's kind of a safe player, but but is there really a ceiling with him this season?
0: I honestly I honestly think his ceiling could be a low end wide receiver 1 this year just because he has he's shown in years past that he can be a target go, or target hog as we say. Um do we do I think it'll be like that probably not. That's why I've got him so low in my rankings just because you're going from noodle arm Ben Roethlisberger to mm-hmm. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett somewhere in there. So like the ball is not really going to be, set, you know, thrown short as often as it was with Ben Roethlisberger. But if you, if you believe that Deontay Johnson has become one of the better wide receivers in the league, he's absolutely worth taking at where he's going in drafts right now, which I think is like right at 20, if I'm not mistaken,
1: it's right around there. Yeah.
0: So like if you, if you are a believer in the talent of Deontay Johnson, you're, you should have no reason not to take him where he's going right now in drafts.
1: For sure. Does George Pickens affect your view on Deontay Johnson all this season, or do you think George Pickens can be good while Deontay Johnson can also be a good fancy wide receiver?
0: I think Pickens affects uh, Chase Claypool more than Deontay Johnson because I think I think Claypool and Pickens are very, very similar. And I, I, I mean – I see them just both as big, deep threat targets, right? Like Deontay can do anything from the slot, can play outside even. We saw that a little bit last year, but um, I really think Pickens is more of a compliment to Johnson than he is like a, uh, you know, a vulture that takes away targets or anything like that.
1: For sure. Well, I, I won't add anything more to Deontay Johnson. I think you summed that up really well. Um moving on to our number 19 guy. And I am gonna just talk about this guy. And I'm you go and
0: ahead.
1: <laughs> you this is Mr. DK ahead. Metcalf, who was the wide receiver 14 in 2021. Um Lucas has had just it is unbelievable. Wide receiver 26. I can't even believe it. Uh you got him at wide receiver 20. I have him at wide receiver 14. And let me just say last season we were banging the drum that DK Metcalf was overvalued. And now he is dropping like a fly in underdog drafts. I think he's at wide receiver 27 now in underdog drafts. Yeah, he's late 20s now. Just an incredible value. Um, Looking like Geno Smith more and more is going to be the starter in Seattle. Um, When he had Geno Smith, he was the wide receiver 8. And he was averaging 17.2 fantasy points per game. Yes, one of those games was inflated by a 70-yard touchdown. But DK Metcalf can get the job done. He... physically he's like a tight end like he looks like a tight end six foot four 230 pounds but he runs a four four um he's his route running has been getting better year after year I mean he is incredibly strong and I think this is the first year where he truly overtakes Tyler Lockett where it's like it's DK at the one Tyler Lockett firmly in this um, second spot in this offense and so well I don't think like efficiency wise he's going to be unbelievable like he has been I still think he's going to see 150, 155 targets this season. I still think that he can score close to 10 touchdowns. Geno Smith might only throw 15 passing touchdowns, and DK Metcalf could have nine of them. Like, that, like, I don't mm-hmm. feel like that's that far out of the realm of possibilities just because of the kind of player that he is. That's why I have him so high because I believe in the talent of DK Metcalf. Um, I don't know if you want anything to add as kind of you and Lucas more the pessimists on DK this year. <laughs> I
0: wouldn't I wouldn't call myself a pessimist because I'm also becoming more and more, you know, to the light of DK Metcalf. But Mm. um, I think the biggest thing or the biggest reason why people are out on DK Metcalf is because of the quarterback play. And I (laughs) this is where you see if people have done their research or not, because while we're not saying that DK Metcalf can be a consistent top 10 wide receiver with Geno Smith. Mm. We're saying that there's still value for where he's going, and he will finish higher because he is DK Metcalf, okay? Like, Mm -hmm. he's an insane red zone target. He's an insane possession wide receiver for an offense that needs to get the ball downfield somehow, right? Like, there's value with DK Metcalf, so don't automatically write him off just because it's Geno Smith or Drew Locke throwing the ball. I mean, Drew Locke has even had success with big wide receivers, right? Like, Cortland Sutton has been a, a, a notable name in fantasy football for years now because of quarterback play. I shouldn't say because of quarterback play, but he had Drew Locke throwing the ball, right? Like yeah. these guys like bigger targets and DK Metcalf fits that
1: profile to a T. 100%. I think the problem with DK is the second year he's going to try and comparisons to Calvin Johnson. And so now, <sighs> you know, obviously he's not going to live up to that. So now we no. consider him super <laughs> overvalued, you know, um, but he's not. All right, let's move on to our next guy. So our next guy actually had a really disappointing season last year. And that is that is Allen Robinson. Um, he was. It was just awful. Um, Lucas has him a wide receiver 19. Ty, you have him wide receiver 16. I got him at 22. Uh, according to your rankings, you kind of consider last year as a wash. Uh, do you want to just talk about kind of your outlook for um, Al Robinson this season? Why are you optimistic on a guy who was just terrible last year?
0: Yeah. So I I I say last year was a wash just because we all know the situation that is or the you know the. <laughs> the team that is the Chicago bears. Okay. They are not competitive. They are rebuilding. And, and for Alan Robinson, who was playing on a franchise tag last year, Like he didn't want to come back. That was, that was the big thing. He didn't want to come back to Chicago, but he did because he saw the money and Chicago wouldn't trade him, even though that's what Chicago should have done instead of just walking, letting him go for, free. I digress. Um, Al Robinson is getting an upgrade in quarterback, upgrade in system, upgrade in offensive line in every every, you know, everywhere you look, he gets an upgrade. And I think the best stat that that shows that like he will have usage in this offense is that Robert Woods was a top 15 option before going down with an ACL injury last year. Granted, it did take a while for Robert Woods to kind of get going, but eventually he got going. And it had him in the top, and, and he was in the top 15 before his season ended. So you combine all that with the fact that the Rams coaches so far in training camp are absolutely in love with Allen Robinson and what he can bring to the table. I'm back in on Allen Robinson. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I had a hot take last year saying that he was a top five wide receiver when Justin Fields <laughs> steps in as quarterback. Just missed it it by a little bit, just a, just a tad. But again, I think the, the overarching, you know, thread in that is he is uber talented still. And you combine that dynamic offense, Matt Stafford, Sean McVay calling plays. It's just all good things for Allen
1: Robinson this year, honestly. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more Um, he's in he's in the best spot to succeed like if he doesn't succeed here He really is washed, but mm-hmm. you know, you, you just saw a guy that didn't look like he wanted to be there last year That's what the film showed Um, We're gonna move on to our wide receiver 17 and he is mr Consistent he is 14 points a game no matter what no matter the offense no matter who they're playing and that is mr Brandon cooks um Luke is at wide receiver sixteen. Ty, you're at seventeen. I'm at nineteen. All like within the same area. Um, you know, kind of. I think we. Should, I think we should kind of expound on that before we jump into Brandon Cooks. Actually, real quick, is the difference between like my wide receiver? I can actually look at it real quick. The difference between my wide receiver um, twenty and my wide receiver nineteen, or what? No, wider. 2019 wide receiver 16. <laughs> so or 22 to 16 is eight fantasy points. It's a 10 yard touchdown catch. You know, mm-hmm. that that's the difference going each way. So these, I mean, these guys are really close. That's why when we kind of look at it, we're still in this kind of more like at low end wide receiver two tier right now. It's kind of where we're at um, with Brandon cooks with Alan Robinson, DK Metcalf, um, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, they kind of all fit in that bubble. Um, but like I was saying, he's been Mr. Consistent. He's had one season since 2015 where he's finished outside the top 20, and that season he was injured in Los Angeles. Ty, is there any reason to doubt Brandon Cooks this year, or are we just going to assume 14 fantasy points a game?
0: Always assume fa- 14 fantasy points a game. I mean, maybe the, the Texans run the ball a little more often this year. That's been their, their top priority all offseason, building up offensive line, grabbing Damian Pierce in the draft. But – Davis Mills has to throw the ball to somebody with John Mechie out for the year and Nico Collins is the number two. I I think that's enough to that uh, that's enough to be said about Brandon Cooks.
1: For sure, Um, yeah, I, I, we just can't see him anymore. He's just not flashy. He's always constantly underrated, you know. But he's going to get you 14 fantasy points a game. So if you need a solid wide receiver too, you take him. You know, if you're taking a C.D. Mm-hmm. Lamb who you're kind of taking a shot on who. You know, we all project high things for CD Lamb, but he's never proven that he can be a wide receiver one. Maybe you want a guy, or Mike Williams, if he ends up being your wide receiver one. You want a guy like Brandon Cooks who's going to get, in to get you consistent points. Next guy on our list is DJ Moore, and I, I know you do, and me, me too. We want to see him with a great quarterback because we think he can be really special. Um, Lucas and I have been wide receiver seventeen. You're at wide receiver fourteen. Um, Obviously, it was just uh, looked great when Sam Darnold looked great and CMC was on the field. CMC gets hurt. Darnold looks awful. There's not much for that entire Panthers offense to do when you're, I mean, there, Sam Darnold looked abysmal in some of those games. Like it looked like he was seeing ghosts again. <laughs> now, Baker Mayfield enters. Is Baker Mayfield going to unlock DJ Moore this season, Tyler? Oh, uh, uh, I'm I'm laughing because that's
0: a joke within the fellas. I'm sorry to leave you hanging on an edge like that, but um like he's not going to unlock DJ Moore. I mean <laughs> if we think Baker Mayfield is going to unlock DJ Moore, then please explain to me why he didn't, you know, <laughs> unleash and you know. He had Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry and he did Jack Squat with them. So <laughs> We, we we need to kind of pump the brakes a little bit when it comes to like how high D.J. Moore can finish with Baker Mayfield. But here's, here's the thing. D.J. Moore, he finished as the wide receiver 18 going from Sam Darnold to Cam Newton to P.J. Walker starting games. I don't think anyone can give me three worst quarterbacks to play for in a single season, okay? Yeah. And you have McCaffrey out. So you are literally the only guy in this offense that is going to, you know, get the offense going. And I think the and and the big concern with DJ Moore is, you know, oh well CNC is back. So like he's kind of the number two guy. Here's the thing. When they played together last year, it didn't really affect DJ Moore at all. Honestly. Week one, DJ Moore finished with 15 fantasy points, which is good for wide receiver thirty one not super great but it's early in the season random wide receivers will finish top of you know wide receiver points just because it's the beginning of the season week 2 he we finished with 21 okay even better week 9 when McCaffrey came back DJ Moore only finished with 7 fantasy points but you know why it's because he played against New England okay yeah. <laughs> not much is going to happen when you Carolina and New England meet up in a regular season match. Okay. Week 10 then, he finishes with 6 points and you're like, "So why is that a positive thing for DJ Moore?" Uh cuz that was the Cam Newton game, okay? <laughs> so Cam Newton's coming back and he's screaming, "I'm back! I'm back!" You can chalk that one up to just a one-off, right? Like that that's not that that didn't happen again. <laughs> And then in week 11, he finished with 16 fantasy points. Good for wide receiver 22. DJ Moore is just fine. He will be just fine. If anything, he gets a tiny, tiny upgrade in quarterback that could put him into the top 15, but like low-end top 15.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's a guy, 1,100 yards, four touchdowns is his floor. And so, maybe Baker finds a way to give him seven touchdowns this season and 1,200 yards. All of a sudden, he's borderline wide receiver one. Um, I think... Right around where you got him is probably my ceiling for D.J. Moore. But I also think my floor is wide receiver 19. Like, he's a Mm -hmm. guy who's going to finish there. He's super talented. He's just on an offense that I don't think is going to allow him to really show what he's got.
0: They also had an offensive coordinator change halfway through the year, if I'm not mistaken. So that also doesn't help him out at all.
1: They got rid of Joe Brady. So D.J. Moore, I think, is kind of our guy who's right on that edge. Moving up into the next tier wide receivers, but still kind of in that lower end wide receiver two. Um, I'd put I would personally put DK in that spot too with DJ Moore. Um, but I know it's different for you guys. Um but number (laughs) number 15 for us is Mr. AJ Brown, who has loads and loads of talent, but we haven't really seen it for a full season. And now he goes to the team that passed even less than the Titans last season in the Philadelphia Eagles. After finishing wide receiver 32 in 2021, Lucas has him at 14. I got him at 13. Ty, you're down at 18. And I, I can't say I blame you, to be honest. Like, it just feels like there's so much to be pessimistic about A.J. Brown this season. He's in a, like, Devontae Smith, we cannot act like he is a slouch. I mean, the like, guy had the most receiving yards in a college season his last year at Alabama. He was unbelievable. And then he goes into last season, he was a 930 yards and six touchdowns. If Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase don't happen, we are looking at, you know, Devonta Smith having a great rookie season. But because our we're, we're so used to this, oh, 1,600 yards and 11 touchdowns, we're like, oh, why doesn't he have that? But that's, that's not feasible for 99.9% of rookies. So Ty is... Do you see any optimistic part for AJ Brown going into the season?
0: I mean, I, I guess there is a little bit, just because you look at where AJ Brown is at in his in his career compared to Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith is still kinda, you know, adjusting, you could say, or getting used to the NFL, right? Just being mm-hmm. a rookie last year and stuff. But like AJ Brown's a really good wide receiver. So you have to give him some credit when it comes to, like, how high he can finish. But it's the... When Nick Sirianni is your play caller, when Jalen Hurts is your quarterback, I don't care how good your connection is, that ball is going to be run... (laughs) It's going to be, like, painfully annoying how often they run the ball when they have guys... Like AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, and Dallas Goddard, is there an opportunity for Jalen Hurts to kind of show off the arm this year? I think so because this is a this is like a make or break year for Jalen Hurts. Honestly, mm-hmm. I just i i just don't trust Jalen Hurts to do so. I uh, maybe I need to watch a little bit closer in in these you know. I guess their game is coming up in a couple days, so I can watch it then. But like, I don't don't know. I I just I I can't I can't I can't give in to AJ Brown this year at all.
1: And it's tough because I feel AJ Brown is in a similar situation to Tua. Mm -hmm. Got a great wide receiver too. You got coaches who are going to try and run the ball. Philly is going to be a better running team than um, Miami. I think Tyreek's a better player than. AJ Brown. And I also think two is a better passer actually than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts can throw the ball farther, but as far as accuracy goes, I think two has got to be
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I think AJ Brown will go as far as Jalen Hurts takes him. It's just I don't know if that's going to be, you know, because like when we're ranking guys, right? Some guys were ranking at our ceiling. I think wide receiver 13 might be as high as AJ Brown. Goes my,
0: yeah, that's probably the ceiling, you know,
1: honestly, but then I got other guys who are going to be closer to the floor. So it there is that give and take when we do our rankings. Um, But yeah, AJ Brown is just a guy that I think might be the same way Mike Williams was last season of 35 points. And you're like, Holy cow, 135 yards, two touchdowns. And then the next week is two catches, 21 yards. And you're just like, or, you know, that's kind of how I see the season going because they're going to have game scripts where it is. We're going to run the ball 30 times this or 40 times this game. And we're going to run it first, second, third down every single time. Or you can keep running because we can. You know, if Sirianni could, he would run the ball every single play. He would. He showed that last <laughs> year. And so that's what kind of scares me about A.J. Brown.
0: I think the other thing, too, is I just don't see a world where, like, A.J. Brown gets insane volume, right? And and Exactly. If... <laughs> If the Eagles go the route of like I don't I don't want to say force feeding the ball to AJ Brown, but like if AJ Brown has I, I shouldn't even say that. If Devontae Smith isn't even like a consideration for a wide receiver four on your team in fantasy because of AJ Brown, I I find it difficult and hard to believe that Sirianni is not going to incorporate some Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard
1: into that offense. Yeah, I mean, year two is a big breakout year for wide receivers. Who's to say Devontae Smith doesn't all some become something special and he's one B or even one A in this offense this next year? You know,
0: because because let's let's be, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Devonte Smith coming out of the draft was had you know had the argument and the 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 profile of being the next best wide receiver in the league, just because he is so athletic and he's got speed for days.
1: The only reason he dropped was his weight. And he kind of proved last year that it doesn't matter. He's good enough to play despite how much he weighs. So these next four wide receivers, I'm going to do something a little different. I think we're going to talk about them all at once because I think they all fall in a, the same category, right? They're, they're guys, um, two of them are wide receiver, twos on their team. Um, one of them is for sure the wide receiver one, and another guy is kind of fighting for that wide receiver one spot. But they're all guys who, if you draft as your first overall wide receiver, you're probably feeling a little bit nervous about. But at the same time, you know that they have crazy high ceilings. And that is Michael Pittman, T. Higgins, Cortland Sutton, Mike Will. Um, and I read those in order. So, Mike, Michael Pittman at 14, uh, you have him at 12, Lucas at 15, me at 16. T. Higgins then at 13. Lucas has him at 12. You at 13. Me at 15. Cortland Sutton's at 12. Lucas has him at 13. You have him at 15. I have him at 12. And then Mike Williams, where Lucas has him at 11 and we both have him at 10. And the reason I want to talk about them all is because if you're, let's say, let's say you're coming around that turn here, Ty, and you're staring these four down. Who would you feel most confident as your wide receiver one? So I'm not asking who you have projected highest. I'm saying you have, your, you have to pick your wide receiver one. You went two running backs to start or something like that, and now you're staring down your wide receiver one. Who would you take? Odds are you probably could get two of these guys, to be honest, the way that ADPs are right now. Mm-hmm. But let's say you, you can only pick one as your wide receiver one. Which one of these four would you take?
0: I can immediately rule out Cortland Sutton and T. Higgins. So that leaves Michael Pittman and Mike Williams. And honestly... You could ask me tomorrow. So I will say Mike Williams right now. You could ask me this question tomorrow, and I might say Michael Pittman. Like, honestly, they are, I mean, they are two very different wide receivers when it comes to fantasy, right? 100%. But it's a matter of, like, do you want the consistency of Michael Pittman? where you lack then weeks where he can absolutely go off, like a Mike Williams can, where you do take, you know, a couple like seven, eight point weeks so that there are, I shouldn't say so that, but then you also get 25, 26, 27 point weeks with Mike Williams, right? Like it's a matter of just, you know, it's whatever flavor you like is what you'll go with. And for me, Right now I feel Mike Williams. But who knows? Something like within the next couple of days about a you know, Michael Pittman is showing out at Indie Camp or Mike Williams seems to be back in that wide receiver two
1: role, then I might say the other person. That's where I'm at. I don't think it's crazy to say Michael Pittman has the safest floor out of these four. I don't think so he, either. Because he's the clear wide receiver one. That's why it would be. Matt Ryan's no slouch. We're not saying he's, you know, great he's not Joe Burrow he's not Russell Wilson he's not Justin Herbert but Matt Ryan's serviceable for a fantasy wide receivers so I think he does whereas you know T. Higgins and Mike Williams are wide receiver twos on very explosive offenses I view them pretty much the same player Um, I just happen to like Justin Herbert more than Joe Burrow and so I put Mike Williams a little bit higher but you know they're both going to give you they can score 40 points in a week they're one of few wide receivers who truly can do that multiple times in a season. But they both proved last year they can give you four. You could have three weeks in a row of four, four points. So to have them as your wide receiver one is a little bit nerve-wracking. Now, Cortland Sutton to me here is the interesting one, because I tr- I do think that he, I I think I'm talking myself into the fact that I think he has the highest ceiling out of these four. Oh, interesting. And the reason I say that, is because if he truly becomes the wide receiver, one over Jerry Judy, um, even if he's the one A, 1A, Tyler Lockett has had a wide receiver five season. DK Metcalf has had a wide receiver seven season. Tyler Lockett has had a wide receiver nine season. You know, he's gotten guys in the top seven before. Like it's not something that it's not like Russell Wilson hasn't done this. And I don't I don't know why it couldn't be Cortland Sutton next. You know, I don't I don't know why he couldn't. Keep taking that step. We've seen him be a, I mean, he's a big guy. No Tim Patrick. He's, I feel like he's going to be the best red zone threat. He puts up double digits. I don't see any reason he's not a top 10 wide receiver.
0: On, yeah, I can totally, I can totally see it. I, I, I wonder just how much of that was being in Seattle and not yep, necessarily sure. like, not, not personnel wise, but play calling and scheme wise because, yeah. Now Russell Wilson is going into the Shanahan tree a little bit mm-hmm. with with uh oh goodness Hackett <laughs> Hackett as the head coach and play caller. So like we'll see. I think that's the only argument for why he doesn't finish in the top ten, but I I'm right, I, I'm with you. I there is a way that he can finish top ten. And it, honestly, I think it's closer like fifty fifty than people want to admit.
1: Yeah. And, and I'll be the first to admit, there is definitely an argument for him being outside the top 20, too. Jerry Judy mm-hmm. takes over as wide receiver one. All of a sudden, you know, he kind of falls by the wayside. They run the ball more. You know, Russell Wilson barely throws 30 touchdowns. All of a sudden, you know, it changes a lot. Um, things can change very quickly. But I, I do think he has the highest ceiling. Um, I'll touch on T. Higgins a little bit more because we didn't really touch on him. <laughs> I really like T. Higgins. The only problem for me with T. Higgins is out of the four of these guys, he has the highest ADP right now. Mm-hmm if we're viewing these four of his players as really similar, he, he would therefore be the worst value because you'd have to take him earliest, and we think that these other three guys are going to be very similar to where he is. Now, that doesn't mean that he couldn't finish with 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns, 88 receptions. You know, I mean, that, that's in his range of outcomes. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying comparatively, I would take these other three over T. Higgins most times. Um, that's not to say I have zero shares of T Higgins. I've gone back and forth, especially on underdog where these guys are like Mike Williams and T Higgins are going back to back. Mm -hmm. Then I'm, you know, I'm switching up who I take there, but in sleeper, it's going to be a little more, you know, in your redraft, it's going to be a little different um, because people do view T Higgins as more of a stable wide receiver than Mike Williams, but I really don't think that's the case.
0: No, I think it's, I mean, what wins you weeks? It's having the most points. Mm-hmm. T Higgins had one game with over 40 40 fantasy points and he had two that was like 27, 26, 28 maybe but that's only three games mm-hmm. and I don't think the rest of the weeks were hot or or were good enough to kind of warrant the ADP of I don't know early teens not to say, and I think here's the here's the last thing. We're not out on any of the four guys that we just talked about. No, they're in our top 15 for a reason. They're in, Exactly. They're in our top 15 for a reason. And in the other point, too, for T. Higgins, defenses are going to pay a lot more attention to Jamar Chase this year. That's true. That's going exactly. to open. They have to. And not to say that they didn't last year, but Jamar Chase is just going to get that much more attention this year. So, look, there's there's plenty of, of good to go around to each of these guys. And it's really, at, you know, if you're at a point where you have are choosing between these four guys, you can't go wrong with any of these guys. No. It's just who you want to go with in that moment.
1: That's true. That's definitely true. So, I mean, that, that kind of wraps up then that next cluster of wide receivers. I'll give you. A, is there anything else that you want to touch on those wide receivers? I know we, we did a little unorthodox there and kind of talked about them all at once. But is, is there any wide receiver that you want to go back to and add more on?
0: Maybe Michael Pittman, and it's okay. really, it's really just because he's going from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan is. I know we said that Baker Mayfield wasn't a big, or was a wasn't a huge upgrade over Sam Darnold and let's let's i mean let's let's keep it realistic going from Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan where Matt Ryan is at right now isn't a huge upgrade either but Matt Ryan has done it before and teams are going to be focusing a lot more on Jonathan Taylor this year that bodes well for Michael Pittman so i know people and you know exactly who i'm i'm going to refer here or refer refer to here some people are just not convinced by Michael Pittman
1: <clears throat> <laughs>
0: and that's okay <laughs> And that's okay because I will gladly take him if you are not going to you know if you're not gonna be in on him because I think there's a lot more to like about Michael Pittman than there is to not like about him
1: most definitely and the reason I asked the question is because I knew you would want to talk more about Michael Pittman. I just asked you indirectly oh. and given you that opportunity, wow. but I did call you out on it, so I kind of just took everything back. Oh. Um, but, <laughs> but now we kind of jump into our, this is like our second tier wide receivers. Um, they're not quite that like elite of the elites anymore, or right now. We're going to get to those guys in a little bit. But these guys are still solid wide receiver ones, we view them as. And it feels wrong to have Tyreek Hill at 10. It just does because you we know the ceiling of Tyreek Hill. But the situation has changed. We have to acknowledge. you. I mean, we can't say that it hasn't. But he was wide receiver 6 in 2021 with Patrick Mahomes. You and Lucas have met wide receiver 9. I have him down at 11. I, I feel like I'm going to be wrong. I do because I just know mm-hmm. how just much of a game changer he is. But he has two yeah, there we can't argue with that at all patrick mahomes to two no matter how good you think two is gonna be is a major downgrade you throw in jalen waddle um who's a guy surprisingly not on our list because we do like him but again you have jalen waddle tyreek hill in the same offense with two of throwing the ball with a coach who has historically come from a run first offense right the situation just doesn't warrant two guys in the top 12 like we're seeing with Keenan Allen, Mike, Mike Williams, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. You know, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert are very different than Tua. It's crazy they were all in the same draft, all drafted within six picks of each other, but, you know, that's just how it goes. That's just how it be sometimes. <laughs> Ty, how would you feel taking Tyreek Hill as your wide receiver one this season? I'd hate it, honestly. I'd
0: hate it. And it's not because... I don't like Tyreek Hill. I just have no idea what to expect from him this year. And it's not his fault. <laughs> that's, that's the hardest part. It's not because of him. It's because of the coach. It's because of the personnel. It's oh, You have to keep him close to the top 10 because he is one of the most dynamic, if not the most dynamic football player in the NFL. But, gosh, I like if if let's say I'm second round, and I took a let's I took a running back in the first round, so I'm beginning to look for wide receiver, and I'm stuck with like Tyreek Hill, but then like Mike Williams, Corlin Sutton, and the guys that we just talked about, I'm gonna pass on Tyreek. Okay. And if, That feels weird. It feels weird to say that Tyreek feels closer to that group of four that we just talked about Mm -hmm. than to a, a, a guaranteed top 10 guy. But that's just how it is. That's just where we find ourselves.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think I feel comfortable taking Tyreek there, knowing those guys are back there. And the reason I am comfortable is because I know those guys are there. I just think you got it like a Tyreek Hill, Mike Williams team. Gosh, you could lose some weeks, but holy how could you win some weeks? Oh wow. Um you know, it'd be kind of like a live by the sword, die by the sword kind of a thing. Now let's say you're there and you took Cooper Cup at the one oh four. you then start more strongly considering Tyreek Hill?
0: You let's know, say, I th-
1: let's say the running backs you like are gone. You lose Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, somehow Zeke's gone. Just because I know <laughs> you stay take D. Somehow Zeke's gone. would you consider Tyreek Hill at that point? Or do you just think you're going to have no shares of Tyreek Hill this year? Man.
0: Part of me says be smart and have zero shares of Tyreek this year. But having Cooper Cup as your wide receiver one gives you the safety. Right, or Jefferson. They give you the safety of taking a Tyreek Hill. So... I guess it also the, depends on the other running backs that are on the board because if I'm, like, late round two, right, and then, like, there's a Javante, a Saquon, a... I guess if
1: Zeke's there then, you could kind of bank on him falling back to you.
0: Right, right, right. So I guess it depends on who's on the board, how the draft is gone, but like I said, the smarter, the, the smarter side of me says don't have any shares of Tyreek. It's far risky. And you don't want to start the season off on the wrong foot with tight with your wide receiver one not producing like a wide receiver one.
1: Yeah, I think if I'm at if I'm at a twelve man league and I'm at the two ten, two eleven, two twelve, I just don't think I can physically pass him up just Mm -hmm. because I know what kind of player he can be. I know the situation, I know like why I shouldn't have him there. But it'd be so hard to pass him up. Mm -hmm. This next guy though, I know we're probably a lot, we're a lot different on than Ty- Tyreek Hill. We love to have him as our wide receiver. One that's Mr. Keenan Allen. We've loved Keenan Allen for a long time. I know I've loved him since he last rated his kidney, and um, <laughs> we got him as our wide receiver nine right now. <laughs> and Lucas has him at ten. You at eleven. I am all over <laughs> wide receiver seven. Um, Tyler, did I read that right? Do you have Mike Williams higher than Keenan Allen this season? I do. Can you touch on that a little bit for us? Because that that feels like a pretty spicy take. That is a fairly spicy
0: take. I I think this just comes down to more games that I see Mike Williams outscoring Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen could be 16 a week like he was last year. Mike Williams could have 18 a week just because he has some games where he's going off for 30-plus, right? So... I think it's just a matter of just how many games you see Mike Williams outscore I shouldn't say outscore but just, you know, finishing as a top 5 wide receiver week to week. Yeah. That happened a couple times last year. I just see it happening a little bit more this year. But if you're looking for the safer of the two options in LA, go Keenan Allen. 100%. <laughs> go Keenan Allen.
1: 100%. I I think Keenan Allen's going to be pretty good this year. I have at 170 targets, 114 well, he's... receptions. So I'm, I'm really, really high on Keenan Allen. But I, I've always been high, and I know that. Mm-hmm. The thing with, just touching on Mike Williams again, I think is, you know, he got the bag. They're going the to include him more. So I feel like his floor is coming up. So I don't feel like that's as hot of a take as people are going to make it out to be, that you have Mike Williams over Keenan Allen. You know, and... And like, just looking at logistically, like you said, if Keenan Allen outscores Mike Williams, it's not going to be as by as much as when Mike Williams has his pop weeks and he outscores Keenan Allen. You know, Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of what's going to make up for it there. All righty, we're at about fifty minutes right now, so we'll kind of speed through these top eight guys without (laughs) not giving them the justice they deserve as top eight guys.
0: Well, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll do with ten minutes, we can. Roll right through these guys and do them
1: justice. (laughs) And most of these guys are self-explanatory as we get to the top. Uh number eight is Debo Samuel who's a wide receiver two last season. Obviously, it's gonna be a different offense with Trey Lance at the helm. Lucas has him at eight, you at seven, me at nine. Um, we're still expecting some rushing from him. We're still expecting to be crazy explosive. But how much is Trey Lance gonna affect Debo Samuel this year? I think that's
0: why I have Debo at seven and not a top five option because I know some people have Debo as a top five option. Mm-hmm. Um, but just I, I wish I had the stat. But there was a significant drop off in receiving work. Uh, I want to say it was after the bye week because the receiving work kind of went to IUK. That's, that's when, the when right. right bingo. Um, so if you were if you focus on just the weeks before the buy where he was an elite receiving threat in fantasy, uh, I just don't see those kind of numbers. Those were though. Oh my goodness. Those kind of receiving numbers with Trey Lance. And it's not because I don't think Trey Lance can do it. I just think this offense is going to look very different than we've seen it in the past.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I, I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Trey Lance rushes for at least 700 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's got a cannon for an arm, that's for sure, but he's still gonna be a rookie who's gonna, you know, be in a run first offense. So mm-hmm. it's not we're not saying that we don't believe in Debo anymore. We still think he's as talented as he would have last year. It's just with the change of quarterback, with the how they changed how they used him, we're not expecting eight rushing touchdowns again, that's for
0: sure. Yeah, I was gonna say eight rushing touchdowns is a lot. <laughs>
1: And it's not like we dropped him a ton. We saw him as in our top top ten wide receiver. I feel more comfortable taking Debo over Tyreek. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, But I'm not going to be reaching on Debo at the end of the first round. He's a middle of the second round kind of guy for me. Bingo. Next guy is Mike Evans, and you know, the closer we get to the season, it's it's coming a little worrisome. Um, Tom Brady is on a little hiatus right now. Chris Godwin seems to be getting healthy. Are you concerned about Mike Evans? We got him at seven. You have him at eight. Me and Luke's at seven. Are you concerned at all about Mike Evans, or do you just think he's a solid top-time option? I...
0: Part of me is kind of... Look, Tom Brady said that he would be back after the second preseason game. Just because at the time of recording, there is the first game of the second preseason going on right now no one said that brady would be back after the very first game Mm -hmm. they said he would be back after their game against the titans so part of me is just like let's give it a day or two after that game and we'll see what happens and i can understand why it could be a little worrisome for people that like he hasn't even communicated to like That, like, Todd Bowles doesn't even know when Brady's coming back. I can understand how that could be a little worrisome, but I'm still pumping the brakes a little bit. Let's see when it gets closer and when, you know, a couple days go by that we can accurately assess the situation because I think more detail will be known by then.
1: I I would agree. I'm still in on Mike Evans. And, like, I'm getting a little more worried just because I think Chris Godwin's going to be back earlier than I thought he would. But Mike Evans can. Be a top ten option with seventy five receptions, because he could he could legitimately score sixteen touchdowns this season.
0: I think he was last year. I think he had under eighty and finished as a wide receiver nine.
1: Yeah, and so he doesn't need the ball to be effective. He's gonna catch passes downfield and he's gonna catch a lot of touchdowns. And you, we lost Gronk. No way, B. Yeah, we got Russell Gage and Julio Jones, but honestly, they're not the same as Gronk and A. B. And so. I genuinely think he's he's just such a safe option um, at the wide receiver seven. And so with talking about a safe option, we're going to talk about a guy who's a little more shaky of an option um, as far as wide receiver ones go. And we'll, I'll explain why I'm saying that. And that's C.D. Lamb, we have at six. You guys both have him at six. I got him at eight. And the reason I say he's a little more shaky is because we haven't seen him put a wide receiver one season together yet. Now, he has no more Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup's not going to be ready to start the season. I mean, this is his offense to command. You know, if 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 there's a year for him to break out, it is it is right now, because he's going to see crazy volume. We know he's got the talent. We've seen it in flashes. We just haven't seen, you know, a consistent push through the entire season. Ty, does Ceedee Lamb have the potential to be the overall wide receiver one this season in fantasy football?
0: Ooh, um. Man, I'm going to say no. If, <laughs> honestly, honestly, let's say this if Cooper Cup still had uh, Jared Goff, if Mike Zimmer was still the coach of the Vikings, uh, if Joe Burrow wasn't a Bengal, then yes, CD Lamb could, <laughs> could finish as a wide receiver one. But uh, there are, I mean, I think it says, I, I, I think the best way to explain it, I think you would agree with this. I think Stephon Diggs has a better shot at finishing 100%. as a wide receiver one than Ceedee Lamb.
1: Yep. And that's why when we kind of talk about tier breaks, this is our tier break. Because the next five guys have a legitimate shot to finish to the wide receiver one overall. We don't think the rest of these guys do. Maybe, maybe you could say Debo Samuel if we see a, a repeat of what we saw last year. But that, that feels like a stretch to say we're going to see those kind of numbers. Again. So we'll transition then to our number five guy and that is Mr. Devante Adams, who again, kind of like Tyreek, feels weird to put him at a five after what we've seen the last couple of years. But you go from one Hall of Famer to another Hall of Famer, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you go from Aaron Rodgers to the sack of potatoes that is Derek Carr. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you have to come down a little bit. Um, you have to. It's it's not as drastic as Patrick Mahomes to to a tug of but it is a Def, definitely a steep jump. And now you add in Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, um, Josh McDaniels, who's, you know, he's he's run the ball, been in part of offense that run the ball a ton. They just drafted Zemir White. They have Josh Jacobs. You know, this is a team that's probably going to look to run the ball when they can. But then they got a ton of options to throw it to. We all have him as a wide receiver five. We are not kind of moving off of that. And I, I think the biggest part, and correct me if I'm wrong, is just touchdowns. Devonta Adams is not less special, but he's not going to score 14 touchdowns with Derek Carr the same way that he did with Aaron Rodgers. Derek Carr has had two, I think, two seasons where he's thrown over 30 touchdowns. That's it. Aaron Rodgers has had, I think, two seasons in the last 12 years where he's thrown under 30 touchdowns. That's the difference.
0: That's the difference.
1: He's still going to get targets. He's still going to get yards. He's just not going to score the same amount of touchdowns that he did with Aaron Rodgers. Do you have anything no. you want to add to that?
0: I so you remember Mike Will or oh Mike Williams sorry Michael Thomas mm-hmm. in twenty nineteen yes it seemed like he was just getting you know I mean he was getting fed the ball but it was almost like he was being forced fed the ball a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> is there a possibility that with Devonte Adams
1: definitely could be I mean Vegas has got to be feeling the pressure of. giving the ball to DeMonte Evans as much as possible. You know, you you made that big of a trade. So that's definitely a possibility. It's just hard because the difference was they didn't have Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. You know, Hunter Renfro's a slack guy. Hunter Renfro's a guy you can force you the ball to. And Derek Carr seemed to like him. And Darren Waller's no slouch. So I do think that the targets could be there. And maybe he just ugly volumes his way to a top one finish. Um, but I do think he's the least likely out of these next the next four players to finish as a wide receiver one.
0: Yeah, and I don't think many people have Devontae Adams inside of their top three. Maybe at three, but that's I haven't seen him at one or two for sure. For sure. Um and, and I only bring up the Michael Thomas comparison just because I think when you look at the talent of Devontae Adams compared to all the other weapons. Yes, Darren Waller is a very very good, if not great tight end. Hunter Renfro is a very very good wide receiver. DeVonte Adams is still the best wide receiver in football.
1: 100%. So
0: that kind of talent does I'll say I'll I'll put it this way. It does require the ball. It does. But I again, it's more of the scheme and it's the play calling from Josh McDaniels than
1: anything else. For sure. All right, we're going to talk about these last four guys in two groups. Um, and we're going to talk about Stephon Diggs and Jamar Chase first as one group because I got him at three. You two got, got Diggs at four. Um, and then I got Jamar at four, and you got him at three. I think Diggs might be the most consistent pl- player outside of Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson this year, um, connected to Josh Allen. Um You know, and I I think Stephon Diggs has a legitimate shot to be the number one wide receiver in fantasy football. It's going to come down to touchdowns for Stephon Diggs. We've seen the yards. We've seen him put up over 1,400 yards. We've seen him catch over 110 passes. It is completely going to come down to touchdowns. Now, Jamar Chase, we look at him. We know he can score touchdowns. We know he can put up yards. It's Can he uh, either maintain the efficiency that he was at or is the volume going to Keep increasing this season. Um, as far as Jamar Chase, Ty, what do you th- what are your what are your thoughts on that? Do you think he maintains the efficiency? Do you think volume continues to increase? What, what do you think?
0: I think the so the first thing. Let's just talk about volume in total. I think the volume gets an uptick just because he is Jamar Chase. But for I I looked back over. Let's see. Let me pull up my projections real quick. I kind of had Jamar Chase in the same ballpark as, like, Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson, okay. but then I looked at his stats from last year, and the fact that he only had, like, 125 targets was like, oh, that's that's a little surprising. Mm-hmm. And for him to get and, – and for my projections to have him in the ballpark as Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson after only getting 125 the year before, that's a pretty big jump, especially in an offense where you have T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd. Right? Like, it does not seem that likely that he can get just super insane volume, but he will still get wide receiver one volume for fantasy Mm -hmm. purposes. Now, the question is efficiency. Does he maintain it? Does he increase it? I think here's the one stat that I can pinpoint and say that's probably going to come back down a little bit. Do you know what his yards per catch was last year?
1: Oh, it was something ridiculous. It was
0: 18, 18 oh yards, God. a catch. Jeez, That is insane. That what has goodness.
1: to,
0: that's, it's ridiculous. That has to come back down. If our argument of volume goes up a little bit and I, and I only, and let me explain that the targets can go up, but the receptions may not go up at the same rate. So he finished last year with 100 or with 125 targets, 80 catches. He can go up to 140 targets, but that doesn't mean that he goes up 15 receptions. That's true. So if he stays at 80 on 140 targets, and the yards are relatively the same, it doesn't really matter that much for fantasy. No, <laughs> so not at all. I think I think what we the only way that he can really kind of improve on what we saw for volume last year is if he becomes like the alpha dog (laughs) of wide receivers. I just don't see that happening. Not because I don't deny the talent that Jamar Chase is, but defenses are going to be paying more attention to him this year. You've got guys like T Higgins and there's a guy named Joe Mixon. that had 300 rushing attempts last year. (laughs) They want to run the ball. They like to run the ball. Upgrading the offensive line, sure, protects Burrow. Also, just boosts Joe Mixon's stock even higher than we thought it could go, right? Like, there's a lot of pieces that got to go right in order for Jamar Chase to really kind of take a, a, a step forward when in terms
1: of efficiency and volume and stuff. Definitely. And for Stephon Diggs, I'm gonna make a quick argument for him mm-hmm. why I really love him this year. And I mean the main argument is Josh Allen is his quarterback. Second, Stephon Diggs over the last half of the season outscored Jamar Chase. Like that's something we gotta keep in mind. Like, it's not like he was awful. And yet people felt disappointed because he didn't have many boom weeks. He was just that consistent week in and week out. And I think we could see more boom weeks this week this year. Um that's all I'm gonna say on Stephon Diggs. You know, these are Stephon Diggs. You could get end of the probably beginning of the second round. Jamar Chase is more end of the first round type of player. Both are going to be great. You know, you're kind of picking. It's getting real fine <laughs> where, where you're picking these guys at. These next two, we could go back and forth on for the rest of the day and if they should be one or two. So you give me 30 seconds on Justin Jefferson why he's the number one. I'll give you 30 seconds on Cooper Cup why he's the number one. let you go first.
0: Justin Jefferson now has Kevin O'Connell as his head coach and play caller who oversaw Cooper Cup's triple crown year last year going into a contract year and a legitimate uh, let's say argument, I shouldn't say argument, motivation to be the best overall wide receiver in the NFL Justin Jefferson
1: could be the number one overall player in fantasy this year I definitely don't doubt that. As for Cooper Cup, uh, if you took away 25 receptions, 400 yards, and six touchdowns last year, he's still the wide receiver one. Um, He was absolutely ridiculous. There is going to be a regression, but I just don't know if he regresses enough to not maintain wide receiver one status. I'm not saying he's going to be triple crowning, and I'm not saying any of that, but he's still going to be crazy, crazy good. And you can't go wrong picking Jeff- Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup. Both are going to be amazing. Both, I mean, you know, we have them, I think, when Lucas just released our um, how the first round should go video, Cup at five, Jefferson at six. You take Jefferson at five, Cup at six, nobody's going to bat an eye. You can go either way. You can't go wrong with those two.
0: I've seen people ask, like, who should I take, Cup or Jefferson? Jefferson. It doesn't matter. You're not going. Who do, do you gonna, like more? <laughs> it's who do you like more? And here's the here's the best answer I can give you for that question. There's no wrong answer. No. <laughs> you will I, you will not be disappointed by either of those guys. For sure.
1: righty. Well, that wraps up our top twenty wide receivers. Thank you for sticking around for all of that. Hopefully, our analysis was spot on. I'm sure it was. Um, going into <laughs> next week, we are doing our fellow flag fellows. Like plants so guys that we are all in on we're doing a mock draft with another special guest all three of us will be on the pod it will be a great fantastic time so make sure you come back and our list um, to listen again we are just so excited um but yeah that kind of wraps up the pod todd do you have anything for the people that they need to know right now
0: socials fancy football fellows on tech talk FF Fellas on Twitter, The FF Fellas on Instagram, Fancy Football Fellas on YouTube, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts, honestly. Oh. Cam Law 317 on Twitter, Tyler underscore Plath on Twitter, and Lucas Wenzel on Twitter as well, if you want to follow the personal accounts as well. But, man, we got some really good episodes coming up, and even better than all of that, we got NFL regular season football right That's around sad. the corner. I cannot wait.
1: Before we close this out, I gotta say, I I don't think Lucas could have done that better. Read out the socials that quick and that well. I I gotta applaud you. On that. that was oh. very very well done.
0: I had a little bit of practice at the beginning. I just needed to get the bad one out of the way. Which for that yeah, one it was. was, a good, it it was I was shorting well up. it up. <laughs> Alrighty. With
1: that deuces. Maybe we'll see you next time.
0: Deuces.